Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Go Home Bible. You're drunk, the podcast where we talk about the Bible and white evangelicalism after having lived in those things our entire lives and choosing to leave in adulthood. I'm Tori, and I was raised fundamentalist and was like the kid that was asking my youth pastor if I could like preach sermons so that he could like have have like the night off on Wednesday. So that's that's what I was about. And I decided that since they weren't going to be serious or since they weren't being literal about the whole love your neighbor thing that I was going to bounce. So I left. I also have a co-host. Yeah, I also uh left evangelicalism and adulthood. Adulthood came late for me as it does for most evangelicals. So I didn't leave till I was in my 30s. Oh man, we need to have a whole episode about like emotional stuntedness in evangelicalism. Continue. Yeah, I we do. Like kids that leave when they're like 22. I'm like, oh man, what what was that? What is that like for you? You didn't make I know. wild financial <laughs> decisions <laughs> based on this. Oh man. Uh yeah. Uh I mean, my my partner went from shopping out of Bob Jones to like living in San Francisco and all of the kind of accompanying things that were going on there in the nineties. So it, 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 it got, it got real crazy and I'm jealous. (laughs) Yeah. I I did not have that life. No, nor did I, nor did I. So, you know, but sometimes that life does catch up with you as, as we have learned uh, this, 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 this is an unfolding story right now. I don't know when you all are going to hear this, but uh, this is a unfolding, fascinating, delightful story. That I feel like touches on a lot of um, streams of weird masculinity in evangelicalism. We've kind of been on that kick lately. So recently, um, Andrew Tate, for those of you that don't know who Andrew Tate is, he's a kickboxer. He's like not really known as a kickboxer, though, even though he had a decent record as a kickboxer. He's mostly known as a, like an online misogynist. Um, <laughs> uh a misogynist, misogynist, if you will, was banned from Twitter, reinstated recently by our great leader, Alan Mask, which is what I refer to him as. Not Melon Husk? Not Melon Husk. I like Alan Mask for some reason. I don't okay, that's know fair. why. Although Melon Husk is, that's got a good ring. I might, I might switch between the two of them. But recently he, I'll just, to summarize the story, I don't even know why he did this. Apparently he has 33 cars that he just felt a way about. And so he randomly for no reason 
that I can see just randomly added uh, Greta, Greta uh, Thunberg or Thun, Thunberg Thunberg Thun Thun Thunberg. I don't know one of one of, the, um, one of them. I'm not I'm not Swedish and Apparently, they don't pronounce it right. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, <laughs> so fuck them. Um, <laughs> um, but he randomly added her, basically saying, "Like, can I have your email address so I can send you the the." you know, emissions of all my vehicles, which I'm like, first off, I'm like, you're not driving all 33 of them at once. Like, he's like, I just turned them on and let the engines run for no goddamn reason. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like these gun nuts that buy like 45 guns. Like you only have two hands and you you can only, and you can shoot one gun well at a time. Uh huh. Anyway, which, you know, Greta and her online ways was like, uh, sure. You can uh, send that to, small dick energy at getalife.com, which I thought was the perfect comeback to like a, an idiot tweet. You know, everyone was like, oh, she totally owned him, you know? Oh, no, like like major news out, like global news outlets were saying that she owned him. Yeah, like it was <laughs> reported. My favorite was that his Wikipedia page was edited to have like oh, say cause saying, of death. Basically like <laughs> get like, murdered on Twitter. Yeah, basically TKO by, by Greta <laughs> on Twitter. I was like, that's that's just choice. So I mean, he was like, he was the he was the main character of the internet, and she was as well for a hot minute as just yesterday. being like, yes, just being completely destroyed by Greta on Twitter. You know, he was obviously very butthurt about it. All of his fans were butthurt about it. But then you know, and then he releases this video like ten hours later, which like I mean, I get it. People are busy. Like, not everyone can respond to tweets immediately. But, I'm sorry. He's on the lamb. He's got time. Yeah. <laughs> and also like his video struck me as like, you've been fuming about this for 10 hours all day. Like, yeah. Like she has lived rent free in your head all day long. You know, I didn't watch all of it. It's only like two minutes long, but it was just like, I mean, how long can you, I have, I have one precious life. Yeah. <laughs> Spare <I> me. <laughs> can only do so much, but so apparently you know, in in his revelry and like wanting to not recycle a pizza box, he showed he tipped off the authorities as to where he was, as you do. Because a little known story about Andrew Tate is that he is is under investigation for not just like being misogynist or sexual assault, the 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 regular things misogynists are known for. Although he is he is known for those, but like for you know sex trafficking. And detaining people against their will and tipped off the Romanian authorities. He was arrested. I don't think he's going to be held for very long. I think it was more arrested for questioning kind of thing at this point, gathering evidence, searching his place for people that he manages. He's keeping, uh, which, you know, like they've searched his place before and found people. <laughs> so it's like, it's not, I mean, I'm like, I, officer, like, I was I, keeping them in my basement consensually. Yeah. Um, like I, 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 I'm laughing at the absurdity, not at the thing itself. It's just right. like, how is this human running free? Truly, um, truly. I saw Dadpool quoted on Twitter. He's like, "What Andrew Tate uh, got wrong is that he didn't become governor of Texas first, because then you can traffic people freely and no one knows what to do." It's like, oh. yep. So all the takes, all the terrible things. So, so this is happening, but what's wild is like, I've seen Christian men like looking up to Andrew Tate before, 
and you know like quoting him and things like you know men need to be men and women need to know their place my basement <laughs> yeah like yeah well, like i mean i mean again i i'm not gonna say gotta hand it to him sorry i, I feel like, <laughs> like, like andrew tate has not yeah. made any he has let people know who he is like yeah same with donald trump like I can respect at least that like you've not tried to lie about who you are. It's just for some reason, society has not decided that maybe you shouldn't be around other humans, which is, which is unfortunate. But um, fair, but fair. So Tori, what, what would you, how would you like to start in on this one? Oh, <laughs> like there was God. a lot of like explaining the story. Cause there's just so many pieces and there's like so much I didn't even include, but yeah, this is where we are at this moment. This is this is where we are at this moment. I mean, I think it's I don't there's I have I have a lot of thoughts. Um, a lot of them go back to sort of like reformed theology bros and like their versions of toxic masculinity and you know how we were talking about how when when Bradley was on, we were talking about how this has now become like a like toxic masculinity has become a family value that we have to like pass on to our sons. And in like in those contexts, in evangelical contexts, it's like there's there's not a ton of like critical thought going on, right? You have to be able to, we all know this if, if we lived through it. So like you have to be able to like see things that are happening and say that's not what's happening because like my faith in God disproves x y or z that's going on right in front of my face right like god said trump won the election what am i supposed to do right like clearly it was stolen from him i love that like god causes trump to win and then like (laughs) the dems just kind of like yank the rug out from under him anyway it's like god couldn't pull it off twice man i'm sorry yeah like trump's gonna win in 2024 like won't the dems just steal it from him again yes we will yes (laughs) you're listening trump Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, when I think when you were in those contexts, when you're raising your kids in those contexts, uh, like I said, at, like kind of from the jump in the episode, there's like this emotionally stunted space, right? You're you're not encouraged to grow. You're not encouraged to like find healthy ways to explore like your sexuality or lack thereof, right? Like not everybody feels particularly inclined to be sexual with other people or by themselves. Right. And so it's like, there's no, there's no space to talk about like what people actually want. It's all very kind of like shame-based and like controlling and, and fear-based. And we have to do these things because, because God's really mad that you watched porn, like babies in Ukraine, he can live with that, but you jerking off, not so much. And so then we have all of these people who have all of these kind of like unmet needs and desires. They don't know what they want. They don't know how to get those things in a way that is mutually respectful and consensual. And it's, it's weird seeing this like kind of like the, the like toxic masculinity of like the evangelical church and the toxic masculinity of like just the manosphere, I guess, for like lack of a better term and how they kind of, they kind of mirror one another. Right. And it's, it's interesting now that there's like this sort of acceptance, I think kind of post Trump of like 
oh, we're allowed to look up to and even emulate people who are very explicitly like, one, not Christians, right? And two, like, not living lives that any Christian could, like, legitimately could say. And, like, I'm this is my lifestyle. This is what I'm doing. I'm a Christian. Like, grab them by the pussy, right? It, it's like nobody would believe that. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, whatever. So seeing seeing these two kind of parallels, these two things going on where and and now they're in this space of like, oh, we're allowed to follow and look up to these individuals who are worse than even like the toxic dude bro pastors that already exist in the world in yeah, evangelicalism. Like, like I will I mean, this is going to sound awful, but I will take two or three more Mark Driscoll's to not have Christian men looking up to people like Andrew Tate. For, yeah. Honestly, you know, like, honestly, you know, cause it's like, I mean, one uh-huh. is like, yep, you got some toxic views. That's, you know, but, but you probably don't lock people in your basement. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, and, and here's, but the wild thing is, is like, there's this weird flattening of morality. Like, uh, you know, I, I was just kind of watching people uh, watching this all unfold on Twitter and other online spaces. And, you know, like, you know, of course, you know, Andrew Tate, cause, you know, our Andrew Tate stands typically are typically skew conservative, you know, like uh, looking at their profiles. It's like you're a conservative. You and most a lot of them claim to be Christians, you know, mm-hmm, uh, even mm-hmm. though Andrew Tate himself was a Christian is now a Muslim or claims to be Muslim. Oh, is that like the whole owning women bit? like a little more compatible with <laughs> yeah i mean i <laughs> some think sort he, of intrinsically like, in his soul he feels like men should own women and i maybe that fundamentalist faith, like fundamentalist, islam it allows for that a little bit more than like fundamentalist christianity Christian, christianity like i think i think fundamentalist christianity as much as we make fun of it is still like you probably ought to not say out loud you want to own women <laughs> or if you're going to own them you can only have one yeah, you can only own one and you don't really own them. You just kind of like, quote unquote, own them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, no, man. I want to really own them. So anyway, all that to say, uh, yeah, I just find it interesting that, there, yeah, there's this weird flattening of morality where it's like, oh, well, they're like, but what about what about Hunter Biden? I'm like, like. Hunter Biden isn't like locking women. That's not the accusation that he locks women in the basement. Like, well, right. what about what about Joe Biden? You know, he's creepy. Like, yeah, Joe Biden's a little creepy. Uh-huh. You know, he does some yeah. creepy. He does some creepy old man shit. Yep. Like, do I find that distasteful? Yes. Is it locking women in the basement? No, it is not. Like, it that just is doesn't. not. Yeah, that's that is, yeah. that's not it. Like, and and there are there are. Tw- 12 15 100 steps in between creepy joe and locking women in basement like that i feel like we should account for before we just like <laughs> equate the two and again yeah, that's the that's the strange thing you know and then they'll turn around and say like that we you know as agnostics and atheists like you, you don't have any basis of morality i was like well whatever your basis of morality and is is weird it's just weird also, can... why do you why do you need a basis of morality that like precludes you from locking people in your basements? I don't need that. I have no, no. desire to do that thing. I, lock... so I don't need morality to prevent me from doing it. Yeah, I lock exactly as many people in my basement as I want to. Every day. Every day of my life, uh, which is zero. 
if I find you in my basement, I will kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> you are not welcome here. You're not ma'am, welcome. Ma'am, <laughs> sir. Attempt to lock yourself in here. No, sir. <laughs> out. Unless you really need the space, like you're cold or something. We'll, we'll find something. We can we can talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss this. And there'll be no locks involved. Yeah, it's just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, I find it hilarious that Greta's sick burn was part of tipping off police when he was at his villa. I'm here for that. Uh, I, I find mm-hmm. that to be hilarious. And yeah, I mean, of all the sick burns, and, and you know, I mean, yeah, of all the sick burns, that, that was, uh, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was very, um, it was, it was like, it wasn't try, it wasn't like a try hard thing, no. right? Like his original, his original post and the, and to a greater extent, the follow up were both trying so fucking hard. <laughs> and you could tell that Greta gave like 1.5 seconds worth of thought to mm-hmm. <laughs> reply and just like put it out. Just put it out. Like probably didn't even know who he was. Maybe. Probably not. It was just like. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, I don't care. Like, small dick energy. Which small dick energy is not the same as saying he has a small dick, I will say. I, I don't yeah, personally I find that to be body shaming, you know, because you can you can be rather well endowed and still have small dick energy. I If I had to guess, I would say that describes Andrew Tate to a T. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? If I had to put money on it, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I would go with. It's like, it probably looks great, but small dick energy. Insecure as fuck to the point where you are like you think that like harming other people is justifiable and yeah to me that's that's what that means i'm very here as i have always said for small dicks because i just fit better in your mouth <laughs> yeah i mean listen <laughs> do you, would, you, would you like a soapbox <laughs> would i like a soapbox <laughs> for, for this i'm just like i have you know Whatever. I have a gag reflex. So small dicks for my friend. Yeah. I, That's I, all. I mean, the Greco-Romans, they celebrated the small dick. Yeah. They were like, this is proportional and normal to the human body. Right. It's like, you're not a sperm whale. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, what are you even aspiring to? Yeah. It gets in the way, man. Summertime, humid. Like, this is, you know, dicks are not fun to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's true. I can I can I can see how that would be very mm, swampy. Yes. Indeed. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> this is why Gold Bond is your friend. My guys. Like, oh you, you gotta my ta- gosh. You know, I mean this 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 one in a in a way, but like I'm just like, my guys, you gotta you gotta take care of this you gotta attend the swamp. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. I, I love this. I'm only moderately endowed and I have to tend the swamp. Those of you that are well endowed, you got to tend that swamp, man. You got Yeah, you got to like do do the thing. I, I don't know. I was like this is after after the whole thing on TikTok about how like oh, men are so afraid of being gay that they won't wipe their asses. Yes. Yes. Like guys, come on. Come on. Like if it's gay to wipe your ass, it's gay to jerk off. Like you're having yeah. gay sex when you jerk off. Yeah. So just so that we're all on the same. Mark page Driscoll here. has even said that. Like, <laughs> like that, even that, Mark Driscoll agrees with me. <laughs> Mark Driscoll says the jerking off is gay. Like that's what he said. Okay, fine. We're all gay. Deal with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. 
I I both jerk off and wipe my ass, clean it even <laughs> in the shower. So I'm extra gay. Right. Oh my gosh, fellas. Yeah, fellas. Gay did not smell this like is, shit. Yeah, this, this is just my PSA for the fellas. Like, wipe your ass, clean your shit. Like, like your butt will itch less. Like, and things will that, just that, generally go that better for you. Serious itch that you're always complaining about, it will go away. You just get a little soap, clean it out. No one will even know. <laughs> no one has to know. You don't have to get on a podcast and say you do it like I do. I'll say it for you. There you go. You're just trying to normalize things like I, basic yeah. hygiene. Basic hygiene. Wash your legs too in between your toes. Where else do you need to wash? All the parts, guys. Everything. All the parts. All of it. All of it. If it's if it's skin and it's out there, wash it. The taint, wash it. Like just all of it. All of it. All of it. Because it, it needs that. And then moisturize afterwards. Mm-hmm. Your skin and your sixties and your 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 romantic partners will thank me. Me, they'll be thanking me because yeah, I clearly. <laughs> There's this really incredible thing. Uh, it's called lotion. Yes, it works. It works wonders. It does, especially Indeed. in the winter time. So I, I don't know how we got here, but I'm glad we did. Well, I, actually, because we you mentioned there is this weird like part of misogyny or uh, i think toxic masculinity whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. it's just very anti like normal things like anti-hygiene i'm gonna <laughs> clean up like anti mm-hmm. anti-pleasing your sexual mm-hmm. partners like mm-hmm. you know it's, it's gay to please your wife or do nice things for her anti oh, is it gay to have straight sex yeah so it's really gay. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is it is it you know and it's it's like not masculine to like have a car that's you know energy efficient like you have to have some you know gas guzzling giant mm-hmm. whatever which you only have a giant truck because of advertising not because you need it i have i have a theory that the larger the truck the less work you do in it oh yeah because it's like you don't want it to be inconvenient like i don't want to have to lift something to put it in the back of my truck like what's no. the point of that no those, like those large trucks head. that are lifted, like, no, you don't do an ounce of work, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's this weird, like, anti everything that might actually be good for you. I don't even know who that serves, honestly, because I feel like there's a market. Like, it's, I feel like it's capitalism that's behind it, um, necessarily. I mean, but... it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a weird, it's just a flavor of patriarchy, I think. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really bizarre. There's, there's this really interesting, sort of idea of right like if you put any effort in to looking attractive like that's gay apparently but also like i'm gonna sit around and resent women who don't want to have sex with me because i won't treat them like a human being yeah it's like how are both of these things true like think just 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 think it through guy yeah i'm gonna sit around and smell like shit because i don't want to be gay for wiping my ass uh, and then i'm gonna be upset that no one wants to be my friend (laughs) i mean sure you can that's the life you can live but i also feel like if it's making you sad just do something different yeah moisturize like (laughs) right moisturize and get therapy and i oh fellas guys we gotta tell you this will work wonders put that in your tinder profile i go to therapy and i moisturize Uh uh-huh 
that that's all you I think I feel like that's all, I I'm I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I feel like that will give you a leg up on 90% of the dudes on there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say yes. <laughs> well, and then actually go to therapy and moisturize, by the way. Yeah, don't just say to, it. Yeah, you're don't a piece of shit. It. Yeah. Because they'll find out you didn't most moisturize very quickly. Um, <laughs> that part will be obvious. The lack of therapy uh, will follow very closely thereafter. Uh-huh. Yeah. As soon as alcohol is involved. If I had to wager a guess. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this this basically said, you know, be a decent, basically become down to be a decent human being and take care of yourself, uh, which shouldn't mm-hmm. be radical or gay to say. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 just it's just as straight as it is gay. Like this is all, this is all. It's just like basic being human stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, that's that's. It, I it's weird that I, as a straight man, had to get over my fear of being called gay before I would start taking care of myself. Like, even though I'm not, I am not gay, and I'm not saying that like I'm not gay, even though I'm closeted. Like, no, I I I can confidently say that I'm not gay. But like I had to get over that fear of being called that before I was like, yeah, I'll I'll use lotion, you know, which is a weird thing to have to get over to do basic self care. <laughs> like, yup. I mean, that's yep. how that's how toxic the masculinity I swam in was, and so it's just it's it's a it's a sad thing. I mean, it, and it's going to continue to produce toxic assholes like you know Andrew Tate that. You know, thankfully, he's one of the few that has the means, motive, and opportunity to be the true misogynist he thought he was born to be. But unfortunately, there are thousands or millions that think the same way, are aspirational, even if Mm -hmm. they don't have the same genetics or opportunities to make the money that he did. I mean, I don't know if he's attractive, like, as a human. I I don't feel like he is, but... There's something weird. There's something very weird about him. I would say, like, I would say he's conventionally attractive, but like, you can just his face is always just so smarmy. I guess that it's kind of like, mm. like a like, yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah, like, like have if, no interest. If your face is completely neutral and you're like, mm, that's okay, but then he puts any expression into it, it's like you're trying to sell me a used car. I mean, I think it's, I think it's more like his, his, he's got like resting sexist face yeah right which is like to me makes you really unattractive even if you are on paper an attractive person he's a 10 but he wants to own women (laughs) 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 how many memes can we include in this episode so uh, who knows what's going to happen to this by next week but i i it's just a weird I don't know, collision of toxic masculinities that aren't necessarily in the evangelical church on the face of it, but I feel like are very adjacent. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, like, I mean, he was kicked off Twitter just like Babylon B was, and people were cheering right. almost in the same tweet. Like, Andrew Tate and the Babylon B are back. I mean, now I'm not the Babylon B, as much as I make fun of them, they're not locking women in the basement. I have, I, but it's just like, they have standards. They have standards. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 weird that like all these people get conflated and kind of put in the same category of like oppressed truth tellers without any like nuance to like what their truth the telling is. So I find that fascinating and sad. So we're going to punt to some capitalism 
And then we're going to get to another one of the Bible's fantastic raging misogynists. Uh, <laughs> David, we're going to do David and Goliath today, which we haven't done strangely, but it's going to be a fun one. So uh, we're going to break for some capitalism and then we'll we'll get to it. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Thanks, everybody, for enjoying that capitalism. Or not. Maybe it was blank. Maybe it was just another irreverent podcaster. Who, who can say how the unseen hand of the market moves? Or all-knowing hand of the market. I don't know whatever it is. So, but if you want to add free episodes, we do offer that for every tier on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash go home Bible. If you support at the youth pastor tier or above, you get a life verse, which is always fun to give out. We have a good time doing it. Maybe we'll have our patrons give us a life verse at some point, which would be my delight. Really? We also all patrons have access to our discord as Twitter and other online spaces get more and more problematic. Sometimes it's nice to go to a smaller space uh, and it was kind of a fun space. You get to share you know, ideas about the show, cooking recipes. I think, uh, Tori, you shared like a cinnamon hole recipe on there or something Ooh, like last week. So so good. Yeah, man. I've had like, my diet's been basically like breath, breath, ass, ca- I can't even talk. <laughs> like, whoa, are you having a stroke? <laughs> yeah, I felt like it, which is a whiskey stroke. Um, <laughs> my diet has been <laughs> apparently alcohol, breakfast casserole, cinnamon rolls, and like various cheeses the last week or so, feels like. So yeah, I'll be looking on there. So if you want to join that, uh, that'd be great. If you can't, that's fine. Just share an episode. Give us a five-star review. And just thanks so much for listening. It's been uh, it's been wonderful to have you. Do you have any thoughts about a drinking game before we get into our passage of scripture? I mean, I don't, God, I don't, I don't want anyone to get alcohol poisoning. I was just going to be like, whenever we say, oh, look, who's being toxic? Just take a little sip. Yeah. Not a full drink. Yeah. Tiny sips. Pace yourself. You got to pace yourself. Don't be driving heavy machinery. So let's do it. Go ahead. Tori, if you want to lead us in and I'll make color commentary as we go. Do we, are we just jumping in? Like, where do you want to, where do we start? Where do we start? It's like, there's so many Davidy things that we could talk about. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, I guess just jump into, you know, the first Samuel 17. All right. Um, just because that's, that's, like, that's what I got. That's what I got pulled up. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, there's. You're saying we're not getting in the weeds with David today? We can get in a little bit in the weeds. Let's just see okay. where it goes. Let's see okay. where it goes. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, so I love this story. I don't I don't actually care about this story, frankly. Um, I do, however, think that like the way that First Samuel 17 starts out. It's like the Philistines gathered their forces for war. So, why can't I remember how to pronounce this? So, uh, Soko? Sukka? In Soko. Judah. And so they put up their camp and they're just like, I, I assume this is just like springtime. We do war now. 
uh, except that like all these, all these, all these recently, well, you know, somewhat recently freed enslaved people are now trying to take your land. So I don't know if this is like a springtime jaunt off to war or if this is just like, hey, can we can we keep our shit? Yeah, this might be like, hey, we're gonna come take your shit. Like, no, go take someone else's shit. Like, because <laughs> right. we're here, we're here to defend our shit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So they set up. Then the Israelites set up their camp, cross cross the valley from the Philistines, and like, okay, we're gonna do a war now. So, verse four, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the philistine camp his height was six cubits and a span he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing five thousand shekels sounds heavy i don't know how heavy a shekel is on his legs he wore bronze greaves great i don't know what that word is i've never seen that word before and had a bronze yeah and had a bronze javelin that was slung on his back his spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and it's iron point weighed 600 shekels his shield bearer went ahead of him because he has too much stuff (laughs) and i guess this is like this is back in the time of like war is is yelling things across across the valley to the other people yeah he's just he's just out there yelling I, i find it funny that his height like so six cubits and a span is like nine feet and change nine mm-hmm. feet nine inches but there are other texts that that's the one that made it to the english essentially right that, right that's yeah from the, that that's sense. from the masoretic text whereas like the septuagint and other kind of you know, dead sea scrolls and things say four cubits in a span which is six feet nine inches i'll leave you dear listeners to decide which ones may be more accurate i think i think that's i think nine feet nine inches is like taller than anyone. Ever. Yeah, it's taller than the the height of the tallest recorded person. Whereas yeah. six feet nine but, inches would still tower over most people. And oh, especially back then, because yeah. people just didn't have like people didn't have access to like modern medicine or nutrients. <laughs> well, even someone a six foot tall would be really tall. Yes, yes, probably so. exceptionally tall. So Goliath goes out and he's like why don't we like do this thing? Like just, we don't have to do a war, send a man out and have him come take me down. And if your dude's able to like fight and kill me, then we will become your subjects. And if I kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. And then he goes on because this is probably political propaganda. And he's like, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. (laughs) Sounds gay. Um, (laughs) We're just gonna we're just gonna fight out here. We're gonna oil it's ourselves fine. up. We're it's gonna fine. wrestle. Y'all are gonna watch us. <laughs> right. We're gonna jerk off if you can. But then whoever wins. Whoever wins, yeah. Free slaves for you. I like and I just I I think it's so funny because you know the Bible's like Saul and all of the Israelites were very dismayed and terrified. I'm like, okay, this is okay. Like, couldn't you just say, like, no, we're doing a real war. <laughs> Go back home. Yeah, just like, no, we're going to fight all of you at the same <laughs> like, time. Right. I mean, what were the rules back then? This is what I want to know. So, yes, David now enters the scene of this particular scene. This is not the first time David is mentioned in the Bible or anything. And David was the son of 
Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah, in case you needed to know this, Jesse had eight sons. So clearly he fucks a lot. And in Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul into war. And David was the youngest. So he didn't get sent to war. But I guess he had FOMO or something because he decided to show up anyway. I want to do a war, dad. <laughs> right. I want to do a war. Which if your child is telling you that, like, Ooh, hello. That's, maybe it's not it's on you. David's going back and forth from Saul because David like works for Saul to like tend his father's sheep, which doesn't seem like a really efficient use of his time on either end (laughs) to me. So this is like 40 days. The Philistine Goliath came out every morning and evening and he just like screams at them like just send out a dude. That's all. Send out your guy. So Jesse David, I guess, is back home on the farm and Jesse's like, hey, take some like grain and some bread to your brothers so that they have food (laughs) during the war. During the war. Um, And oh, this is interesting. This one says, take along these 10 cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are holding up and bring back some assurance from them. And this is they are with Saul and all the men of, of Israel in the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Like, I think David knew where they were because he. He's going back and forth between those places. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Dad. It's like, oh, did they cha- did they change locations? They moved the war, guys. <laughs> Wrong spot. <laughs> Got to go to the next hill. So early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd. Why wasn't he doing this before? Loaded up Let's and set out. Here. Truly, truly, and like, or maybe, maybe I mean, Saul was clearly, objectively, a horrible person to work for. So maybe he was trying to get away. Yeah, I could respect that. It's like, my dad, he just really needs me for, like, the sheep. I gotta go home. So, David reached the camp as the army was going into its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and ran to the battle lines to ask his brothers how they were. I know you're gathering up into the phalanx here, but... uh, Are you busy? Are you busy? Dad wants to know how it's going. How are you doing? Like, oh, you bit. He says that you got to say something good. You got to tell him something good. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, you're pissing yourself. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, like, what good like, is happening right now? Here's the weird thing about this whole passage. Like this, this and a couple other passages, like in Judges and a few others, really feel lifted from like Greco-Roman literature or like specifically Greek, like hmm. the Iliad. Like there was even, I was reading an article that talked about how like, you know, this whole exchange is very similar to uh, something that happened in the Iliad between Nestor and another giant. There was like a giant that was taunting armies. And like, you know, it's like, it's, it's a very similar exchange. Mm. And it's like, mm-hmm. are, are the Israelites, which was what they did. This isn't like to make fun of them even. Are they cribbing some stories from from greece or are they kind of cribbing some of these ideas even the way they tell them like i don't i don't even know how they fought back then but even like the way they're describing them getting in lines feels very greek to me yeah no and i mean i i assume that like some of these stories were just like in the zeitgeist right but it wasn't it wasn't like even necessarily like lifting an idea it's just like there were there were versions of certain stories in Mm -hmm. like every culture you know, it I mean, it certainly seems like like flood mythology yeah. is one of those. Everybody it's like has pretty to have a universal. Right, exactly. So anyway, I love this. Like this kid is like running up to the front lines, like, hey guys, guys, how's it going? It's like, okay, chill out, man. 
And while he's talking to his brothers, Goliath comes out and starts shouting and David hears this. And then when the Israelites saw Goliath, they all ran away. Like, even if he is nine feet tall, 10 of us with spears could take him, you know, like, (laughs) I know, but they're like freaking out. And they're like, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He's trying to defy Israel. And, like, obviously, there's the whole thing of, like, the king will give great wealth and, like, half the kingdom to the man who kills <laughs> every time. Yeah. It doesn't actually say that. The king will give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes oh, in Israel. And it's all, like, that's why they love this, like, tax exemption? Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. I'll face Goliath. For doing a murder? I will totally do this. So David asks the men. Uh, they're standing near him. Like, okay, so what's what's going to be done? Like, tell me this again. If, if somebody like kills this guy, like what's going to be done for them. And they like repeated what the King had said of like, this is all, these are all the things that are going to be done for the man that kills Goliath, which, you know, if David was actually 17 when this happened, like he shouldn't have qualified, but whatever. So when Eliab, David's oldest brother heard him speaking and asking these questions about like, Oh, tell me more about killing this giant man. He got really pissed off and he's like, what are you doing down here? Like, who did you leave those few sheep with in the wilderness? Like, <laughs> I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You only came down to watch yeah, the battle. I wanted to get off on the violence. I'm like, but does that does that inherently make you like, especially if it's like you're talking about a child or a teenager, does that inherently make you wicked and conceited that you're like, oh shit, like they're actually gonna yeah, fight? I like, wanna, I kind of want to watch. Check this out. Like, yeah, that's just you're curious. Like, that's not. I, that's I don't really know. Normal, right? It, that to me, that's. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you just had you just had a really shitty, insecure, toxic older brother. Not cool. like in I I've heard this. I don't like like in the Civil War, like the I think it was Manassas or another one. Like like people were like pulling up tables for tea to watch the battle. Like and then when it and then when it turned oh, to probably. shit, they were like, oh, we got to pack up and get out of here. We gotta go. <laughs> Time yeah. to leave. And so David goes like. Now, what have I done? Like, can I even speak? And he turns and he like talks to somebody else, like just ignores his brother. And so David going around asking these questions gets back to Saul. And so Saul like sends for him and David's like, look, I'm going to go, I'm going to fight this dude. And Saul's like, you can't do that. You are only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. He's also very tall and will squash you like a bug. And David's like, okay, but I take care mm-hmm. of sheep. So listen. And he's like, when a lion or a bear comes after one of the sheep and like carries them off, I will like go out after that thing and I will rescue the sheep from his mouth. And he's like, when this lion turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Which I'm like, so is he a kid or is he not? It's like your servant has Uh, killed both the lion and the bear this uncircumcised philistine will be like one of them because he's defied the armies of the living god and so saul's like okay go (laughs) really that's all it's go with god okay get out there right (laughs) exactly the lord be with you so saul's then like trying to actually get david prepared he puts he puts david's tunic saul puts saul's tunic 
on David. Um, he puts a coat of armor on him, gives him a bronze helmet. Um, he gives him his sword and David's like trying to walk around and he's like, not really pulling it off. And he's like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not used to, I'm not used to this. So he just like takes it all off. And, uh, so he goes out with his staff and he says, grabs five smooth stones from the stream. I'd go for the pokey ones, but whatever. Seems like it'd have more of a punch. And so he puts them in uh, the pouch of his shepherd's bag with his sling in his hand. And he goes out and he's like, I guess Goliath is is still standing there, just yeah. waiting to see. And verse 41 says, meanwhile, the Philistine with his uh, shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy glowing with health and handsome. And he despised him. He goes, he says to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Like, just sort of like it's sort of a funny insult like being yeah. called a stick is like sort of funny but it's also like oh yeah like that's that's fair like why are you like why are you throwing yeah. toys at me like this is not this is not what i am here for <laughs> yeah i'm not no and so goliath curses david by his gods he's like come here i'm gonna be the shit out of you and all the wild animals are gonna eat you and so and I'm then gonna cut off your head right and david's like just totally like has an attitude like throws it right back at him and he's like you're out here with your sword and your spear and your javelin and he's like uh i'm out here with god so god's gonna win between you and me i'm gonna strike you down i'm gonna cut your head off and he's like i'm gonna give the carcasses of your army to all the birds and the wild animals and he continues, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of it into our hands. So Goliath is, like, still coming closer to him. And David just, like, takes off running down the hill, and he, like, you know, we all know the story, reaches into his bag. I guess as he's running, grabs a stone, yeah. and he slings it at him. And apparently it's it's a direct hit. And it says that the stones, the stones sank into his forehead and he fell face yeah. down on the ground. Which, I mean, slinging stones in that time were, they were a weapon of yeah. war. Oh, like, for sure. You, oh, God, I don't want, I don't want someone to sling a stone at me now. Easily crush skulls with them. Like, it's, it's not like, it's not like a shock, really, that it killed him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's like, you know, your skull is not actually that thick for most of us. So yeah, if you've got if you've got a rock flying at you at you know however fast this thing was going, bad things are gonna happen. Best case scenario, you're gonna have a real bad concussion and you won't be able to do any war anymore. So yeah. you know, whatever. So David, story kind of continues, like David triumphed over the Philistine and like didn't didn't even have a sword, struck him down and killed him. And so David ran and he st- he stands over him and he grabs Goliath's sword from his, from the sheath and after he killed him he cut off his head with the sword i want to know what the shield bearer is doing like is he just standing there watching <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah like you have a shield sir this seems this seems slightly that part seems kind of entertaining to me so then when the philistines saw that their hero was dead they all turned and ran which wasn't the deal the deal was that they were going to be the slaves now <laughs> so whatever so obviously the israelite army goes out and chases chases the philistines back to gath and it says their dead were strewn along the road to gath and ekron and then no slaves for anybody no slaves for you 
Not this yeah. time. I mean, God wasn't really big into the whole slave thing in this particular context. You know, he was more like, just kill yeah. him. <laughs> so I suppose God wins. Yes, exactly. So the Israelites turn around after they chase all the Philistines back and they plunder the Philistine camp. I don't know what. How could there be that much to plunder? I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, yeah, they've, like the army's been there 40 days, like. I mean, they've probably eaten through most of their food. They've probably eaten through most of their food. I'm like, were people like taking all of their like shekels to war with them? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I I don't know. So then uh, David goes, he grabs Goliath's head and he takes it to Jerusalem. Super normal thing. And he put Goliath's weapons in his own tent. (laughs) David didn't conquer Jerusalem until like 2 Samuel. Oh my gosh. So Saul uh There's the continuity error there. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So Saul was this is like backtracking again. Saul's watching David go out to meet the Philistine. He says to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? I'm I'm guessing this is for the like get out of taxes free card yeah. he's sending out. I guess I guess he doesn't pay taxes anymore. Right. And so Abner's like, you know, I actually have no idea. And so like the king's basically like, find out whose man that is. And so Abner like brings him back to Saul. <laughs> She's like, I thought you guys knew each other. Yeah. like What yeah. is happening here? And he's like, whose son are you? Saul asks. And David says, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. That is the end of this particular chapter. Very confusing. Some of the things that, uh, oh God, I never, so how did I miss this? I just like, so like in the, the immediate next verse, chapter 18, verse one says, after after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. Yeah. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And he loved him as himself. Like one in spirit. Huh. That's some things. Some things are going on there. Yeah. I got, I feel, I got a feeling maybe David did it to, you know, Impress old Jonathan. Oh, interesting. He was so he was like trying to flirt. Yeah. He was trying to show off. Because because he's a fuck boy. <laughs> we again. This is the editorial position. <laughs> truly, truly. But it like it gets. I'm like it's so funny that like as kids they were like this isn't sexual at all, and it's like Jonathan becomes one in spirit with David, and he loves him as he loved himself, and like. Saul didn't let David return to his family, and Jonathan makes a covenant with David because he loved him as he loved himself. And Jonathan starts taking off all of his clothes and all of his weapons and all of his things. He's just like giving them to David. <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't sex. Just so you know, David like, just ends up with all of Jonathan's clothes. <laughs> it just so happens in a shameful walk of some kind. <laughs> Whose tent were they in? I mean, probably not. Jonathan, spending all of this time in Jonathan's, Jonathan's tent, tent oh, was gosh. probably much nicer. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's why. That's he, had, he had an extra big bed. I could comfortably sleep too. I just don't understand like all of these things being together. Like if you replace. Okay, let's see here. If you replace Jonathan with Jeanette. Jeanette mm. became one in spirit with David and she loved him as herself. And Jeanette made a covenant with David because she loved him as herself and Jeanette took off the robe that she was wearing and gave it to David along with her tunic and all of her stuff. Everyone would be like, they're fucking right. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like nobody that no would, be, would bat an eye at that. That would be like, what was there would be, there would be sermons about the love between David and Jeanette. 
you know, like around Valentine's Day, great couples of the Bible. Give your husband your tunic would be probably a sermon series. Probably, probably so. For sure. Probably yeah. all the things. I also have to say, just for me personally, I find this a little weird. I know this is a thing that happens, but like David, so like Jonathan and and Jonathan's dad is Saul. Saul's like, I'm going to give you my daughter, Michael. David is ostensibly fucking both of them and their siblings. And I feel like that's a little weird. That's all. I'm not saying that like, I know what happens. I'm just saying it's a little odd for me. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know that I like sharing that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I, I have a pretty open mind. That's just, but... it's just, it's just not for me. It's not even that it's gross. It just feels unethical. Like <laughs> it's, not that it's, it's not that there's anything like on paper wrong with this. Yeah. It just like when you lay it all out there, it's like this just feels like it crosses a line. I know. And I don't know why. I don't know what the line yeah. is. Hard to say. Yes. So not sure how that. <laughs> it's like, sorry. Sorry, honey. I'm spending the night with your brother tonight. Yeah. Just going to just real quick. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll be back, I'll be, I'll be back, be back in the morning. Oh, yeah. So, so here's a fun little wrench to throw in the story. Okay. What if David didn't kill Goliath at all? And he just said he did to impress Jonathan. No, but what, like, what if, like, he didn't, and it was just later attributed to him mm. because in Second Samuel and in I think First Chronicle, there's a man named um, El El Hanan. Yes. Who is credited with uh, killing Goliath. And in case you're wondering, like, wait a second, it's a different Goliath. Uh, It's Goliath the the Giddite. Oh, well, we've we've cleared it up. No, it's his shaft of his spear (laughs) was like a (laughs) weaver's. Like, very clear. You're saying it was the same dude. They just shared a name and a staff. It's fine. Yeah. So... Um, it is was this like possible. was this like one on one or was this in a battle? Uh, oh, one on one, yes. I mean, okay. this is okay. a, you know accrediting with killing Goliath. So it kind of creates a problem a bit. So like, well, so this is in Second Samuel. So Chronicles tries to like massage it a bit. Mm. Chronicles Chronicles is kind of like the like, okay, we've got a real mess in Joshua <laughs> Judges and First Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. Let's try to just massage this a bit yeah. to make it a little more normal. Yeah. And so Chronicle says like that he killed the brother of Goliath. But there's not like like Second Sam was pretty clear that he killed Goliath. So I mean, just putting it out there that maybe perhaps some later editor, or maybe even David himself, was like, No, I killed Goliath, even though he just watched Elhanan do it. So you're saying that like David was the Elon Musk of his times? I that is not an unfair comparison, you know. That he just kind of got in and said, I'm the founder. Yep. I founded this. It was me the whole time. I'm the scientist. I have the degrees to do this. And people just believed him, even though he did not have the degrees and did not found it at all. Correct. Cool. And honestly, the way David led Israel leads me to believe that he is quite a lot like Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) And that eventually he will meet a challenge that far exceeds his ability to Hmm. lie and cheat his way out of it. So... So just throwing that out there that, you know, I mean, there there are a number of continuity errors in these books. It's like, again, the wrong person being attributed with killing someone, you know, David, you know, going to the 
taking Goliath's head to the capital, even though that wasn't the capital and Jerusalem wasn't even Israelite territory at that time. Um, oh my God. So like, so like, why would he take it to Jerusalem? Hey guys, like, brought you something. It was like, it was run by the Jebusites at the time. It wasn't until David took it that then later it became the capital. That's amazing. So yeah, I mean, David and Jonathan, absolutely 100% real. Totally. David killing Goliath. Mm, maybe maybe parts of the bible tend to maybe cast some doubt there it is it is really interesting though i mean i appreciate you pointing that out but like i feel like first and second kings and first and second chronicles are kind of sloppy yeah real sloppy it, 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 I, honestly it's almost like someone just cobbled together a bunch of notes and it wasn't really till chronicles was like okay let's like mm make this better i see Uh, okay and part of it too is just like the eras of history they were composed in and what priorities were about what even history was yeah and then i mean and then on top of that you have to add like translating it eventually into english Mm -hmm. into what you know which then gets translated many times over into what we're like reading right now and yeah, I, so it's it's interest. Yeah, it's interesting to me that it's like it seems like there was the potential for like several passes at like trying to smooth it over, <laughs> and this is just as far as we've gotten. Yeah, I don't know. It's just speculation based on how things often shake out. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree definitely, and 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 there's like so many different even like what the English translation becomes. Like what? What I I think I shared it. This was a while back um, when we when we talked about Mary Magdalene and um, the research that Libby Schrader had done mm. about how like maybe the Marys in you know John weren't maybe it was Mary Magdalene that and maybe essentially there was some possibly nefarious undercutting of her role and. Again, it's like, what text do you use to translate into the English? And mm-hmm. it's possible that could even change. Um, I, had a, I actually had a chance to meet her at Theology Beer Camp. She's a fantastic human being, scholar, everything. But like brilliant person, like genuinely brilliant person. Like I hope, I awesome. hope that her research into Mary Magdalene actually does start moving the needle on what, what is included in the Bible. But it's mm. just, it, it's... like and and how that character that person is presented because i think it's it's a net positive for women generally but also i think it it really sheds a light on the fact that the english bible that you get sat in front of you Mm -hmm. there were dozens if not hundreds of decisions Mm -hmm. that had to be made a lot of them political a lot of them political or even just fueled by what people wanted. Right. Like, just like the culture. Now, yeah. Now that capitalism is involved, like if they change the NIV and it's something that conservative churches reject, well, you've wasted a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is a decision that's made. And so it's it, it's when you really kind of see how the sausage is made, so to speak, it, it's it's hard to be like, oh, totally. There's no way humans didn't fuck this up. Mm hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so David and Goliath, how was this um, portrayed to you in evangelicalism? How was this taught to you? Like, why why were we taught this as young children? I don't know. Like, in it's like I mean, I get I I obviously I get that it's like a classic underdog story. Like that that part yeah. makes sense to me. But from like a theological perspective of like what's being taught, 
obviously the giant then becomes metaphorical. It's not a literal giant that you're going out and you're murdering, right? It's like God will help you kill the kill the giants in air quotes in your life beca- because for reasons that aren't aren't super clearly articulated and so trust God cuz God can like kill the giants. God can help you overcome the things, which is a really I mean it's great for framing wise I think it's great for context where you're trying actually to get people to be passive is to say God's going to do it. God's going to do the thing. You know, you're trying, or I maybe, maybe passive isn't like quiet. When you're trying to get people to stay put, stay in, stay in, stay in place. Like just keep showing up, you know, darkening the doorway. (laughs) It's like, you don't have to do anything, right? Like God's going to do it for you is sort of how, and it's, and also you don't have the ability to do it on your own anyway. And I think that there's all of these like messages that are, ultimately disempowering that are kind of framed as like god's gonna god's gonna pull through for you so like don't worry about it but that uh, that becomes like in your normal kind of day-to-day week-to-week life interactions when something does come up that might be considered a giant right it's like well god's gonna take care of it and that's sort of i think that i think that yeah now that i'm thinking about it i think that the reason that we were taught this was because it's very kind of like it's kind of black and white in a way of like just kind of like God does the thing, right? God wins. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. don't ever have to question that. This is like God came through for David. God will come through for you. All you got to do is show up. And it just to me, I, I'm I'm very stuck. I'm like talking to my therapist about this. <laughs> have been talking to my therapist about this for like weeks on this idea of like sort of the ways that passivity is encouraged in those spaces instead of taking like instead of having agency over your own life it's like god will do the thing and then you just end up doing nothing really with your life so that's kind of that's where i'm coming from with this right right now this time this space in my life is very much sort of oriented towards this like exam going back and kind of examining the ways that like it was supposed to be empowering Cause it's like, God's looking out for you, but it ultimately ends up being like disempowering. Cause there's no, there's nothing being taught. There's nothing being encouraged. There's no, there's no growth. Right. It's just like, wait for God. God will do the thing. So that's, that's where I'm at right now with this, this week. Yeah. It's to me, it's, it's like the perfect story for American evangelicalism. Like mm. even even right down to like not having to pay taxes. Like that's just like the icing on the cake. But like the I have this special knowledge, mm-hmm. like I don't belong here, but I'm going to just assert myself anyway, mm-hmm. because God has put it on my heart to do so. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. You know, like, yeah, it, I, you know, like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what everyone says, like, damn convention. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need armor. I don't need any of this stuff. I've just just me and the Lord are, are going to just do it. You know, I mean, that's how it's taught. Mm hmm. The interesting thing is, though, like when I think when I look at it now with more like secular eyes, I see David is like coming in with a lot more swagger in the like I have spent thousands of hours honing my skill, killing things at a distance. (laughs) And that's Uh what you need. And that's That's what what you all need need right right now. now. Yep. You don't need someone to come in there and kill him hand to hand. Mm -hmm. You need someone that can come in and kill him at a distance 
And I'm uniquely skilled at that. And it almost becomes a metaphor of like artillery versus heavy infantry, you know, like there from like a war history. Yeah. But it's just like, like, so to me, it's like, I see it's like this kid just is like all swagger and, and has, and has spent through time and skill to like be able to offer this, you know, in such a way. And like, I feel like that's not talked about. Like, mm. you know, it wasn't like God just magically resourced him to be good with a sling. <laughs> and he was shitty at it before, you know? I mean, yeah. like it's taught like that's what God does. That God just will magically resource you. You know, you don't have the skill and ability to run a MLM, but God will God will come through for you, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or whatever. That's like, no, like David knew what he was doing mm-hmm. in a lot of ways yeah um, wow and, yeah. and he probably had a lot of young religious bravado you know on top of it and obviously i don't think he said any of these things but i think it's it, it's interesting that like what i see in it now is very different than what's i think taught sunday to sunday mm-hmm. which is that you know yeah it's just a like god was come through for you and you just if god puts it on your heart to be in a situation you just go in there mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and there's also like that toxic masculinity part that like David, David, David was the kind of man that just ran into the battle. Didn't stop and ask questions. Yeah. You know, didn't ask questions. Just ran in there to see about the battle. And that's men should be about the battle. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I remember being so disappointed. Like this is a weird Justin thing. Like, okay. You know, you'd read like wild at heart or whatever. Like every man needs a battle to fight, you know, but, like, uh-huh. all of our battles are these like imaginary battles in our heads. They make this big point about men need battle, which I don't necessarily believe anymore, but I just remember at the time, mm-hmm. like, you're drilling it in our heads that we need battle, but then you're saying, like, the battle is against pornography. <laughs> like, like, this is really like disappointing on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get a battle, and my battle is like with my own penis. Thanks. Like, Oh, man. So I so um, many layers here. I had a really interesting conversation with with Janice about uh, Janice Legata about that that book, Wild at Heart. So basically, like we we both like read a chapter of it and then like talked about it. And oh, for her bad words. Yeah, for her bad words podcast. And I was I was so entertained. I was like, this is the weirdest shit that I have ever read in my life. But yeah, there was, it was the chapter that we read was very much about that. Like you have, like, these are, these are like the battles that you have. And like, one of, it's like, one of them is like with yourself and like one of them is with the world and one of them is with Satan or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just sort of everything is, everything is framed as like this fight. And then like one of the examples that, that John Eldridge gives about like, a you know, a fight or a battle that you might have is going and getting going and getting your car fixed and getting a quote before you go in and then when you then when they're done they tell you it's more or it's something very similar to this it probably yeah. isn't exactly yeah. this and you just like accept that it's more money because you're not a warrior <laughs> yeah like, like this is your battle and this is like what like what yeah like okay. like like yeah he like will paint these like epic you know like and then he'll bring in like he hit it right. That's just the right time. Cause he's mm-hmm. like, he'll Truly. bring in like Lord of the Rings references. Like, and this was like during like the height of like the Lord of the Rings craze, you know, and like battle fighting, like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be like, 
you know, Aragorn or whatever. And then it's like the the example of the battle that you get, Justin, is this like, you know, which is wild because on the one hand, it's like that's disappointing just generally. Yeah. My battle is over like a car bill. But also, like, you've now taught a generation of men, like, their masculinity is on the line. Uh If the mechanic says it's $500 and they're like, hey, we ran into some problems. It's actually $600. Right. You just put their dick on the line to, like, fight, you know, Uh over this bill because this is their cosmic battle between good and evil. Uh Uh-huh. Like it's a fucking bill, man. Just yep. pay it. Yep. Like yep. You know, like it's just like like that's that's it's so wild what they tried to do to us, and then you wonder why dudes are messed up. Yeah. Right. Or assholes right. or whatever, because it's like literally, literally everything is a battle for your manhood or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every inconvenience. Every tiny thing you could ever run into, mm-hmm. every you know, like everything is 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 the devil or the world trying to take away your manhood. Mm. Anyway, go listen to go listen to Janice's podcast though, you guys, because it's really yep. good. So, anything else about this? No, it's just real weird. It's just a very right. seems like a weird story to tell kids. Yeah. Well, you knew this was coming. I did indeed. How are we going to cast? So. Basically, my whole life, the image that I had of David in my head, essentially Ed Sheeran. Um, (laughs) I'm just being honest. That's sort of it. Oh, wow. Jason Momoa has much taller energy than like a lot of the other tall actors Mm -hmm. in Hollywood. So like that seems like that seems like a that seems like a Goliath sort of situation it's not even necessarily that he's like that i mean there are plenty of there are plenty of actors that are six three i could but like i could have him doing that and like yelling the entire movie in like subtitles like he's in whatever they cobbled together to be agent right Philistine, right you know exactly exactly (laughs) yelling a language that Uh just make it dorothraki even like who cares nobody 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 would even know no but like 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 Jason Momoa and Joel McHale are the same height. And one of them has like tall guy energy. One of them does not. (laughs) So I'm just, that's, it's just, he's just got the tallest energy. That's, that's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, I think, yeah, Jason Momoa is, is a great casting for Goliath. I was going to say Taron Edgerton. I don't even think I know who that is. Taron Edgerton. Yeah, Edgerton. He played he played Elton John in the Elton John movie Rocket Man. He also has been in The Kingsman, a couple of things. Um, I don't know. I just he he's actually rather musical. He can do he can do he can do gay stuff. He can can portray gay romance. Um, And he's athletic. Amazing. Amazing. I I could see him as as a as a whitewashed David. Yeah, whitewashed David Um, for sure on the screen fighting a you know person of color and Jason Momoa or you know like not gonna not you know like th- that would actually be the perfect white person's David and Goliath movie. it would you know, it so. would it would truly but like yeah I'm just saying like Joel McHale just doesn't have tall guy energy that's that's no. that's the only reason I picked Jason Momoa because <laughs> in my head he's like seven foot tall yeah I mean yeah Jason Momoa six uh, three is not that much taller than me right Right. Uh, but I feel like Jason Momoa is a head taller than me. Yeah, for <laughs> like, sure. 
for sure. Like, I don't. I don't like know. I just, it's just. It's very odd. I've never met him, but I just. I imagine if I would meet him, I would be looking looking up, right? Very <laughs> up at his. At him. Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. It's like I'm sure Dwayne the Rock Johnson, if they made a David Goliath movie, would fight to play yeah, Goliath. Yeah. That's true. Um, and I would. I would appreciate him losing to Jason Momoa. But he is. He instance. is technically taller by an inch. So there's that. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Dwayne Johnson is just too cute to be Goliath. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, he's just, he's, again, perfect example. He's just got way too much, like, nice dad energy. I know that he can play a bad guy, obviously. But, like, yeah. he just had, like, his face is just, like, all I see is, like, nice dad. Yeah, like, like Jason Momoa has that, like, I'm a villain face. Like, <laughs> Like it's not, that's not to mock his face. No, like, no, it's just know. like in terms of casting. I'm just, I don't know. It in just, terms of it casting, just to me. If you need a very physical villain, like Jason Momoa, like I mean, if I wasn't so dedicated to a as a as, to a short person mm-hmm. playing Wolverine, like I would say Jason Momoa, like just the energy, very Wolverine, you know? <laughs> yes. It's the right energy. Just uh-huh. he's way too big. Yeah, way too tall. Yep, um, I hear that. We need we need a short, hairy dude to be mm-hmm. Wolverine or the next Wolverine, whoever that happens. Whoever to be. that is. So yeah, that's it. I think for us. If you want to see what we're about on other places, you can follow us at Go Home Bible on the things, or you can follow me at Justin D Gentry or Tori at Tori Glass on the things wherever you happen to be. If Twitter even exists. At the time of this airing or not, who can say uh, what, whatever, whatever the the musky husk does. <laughs> so hope 20, this will air in 2023. So whatever 2023 has for us, I hope it's boring as hell. Truly. Um, yes, indeed. That's what I want. A boring year. Indeed. All right. Have fun. We'll see you around. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.